You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 108. And today, we're talking all about how to teach. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now with over 800,000 downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. Hey guys, James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is actually a very special, unique episode that I'm bringing to you this week here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. So thank you for tuning in. So here's the deal. A couple of weeks ago, I was actually interviewed for one of my good friend's podcast. This is Anne Samoyloff, and she is the creator of Fearless Launching. And she is the host of the Fearless Launching Show, a fantastic podcast that I couldn't recommend enough. In fact, we'll link it up in the show notes so you can go check out Anne and all of her amazing content over there. So Anne reaches out and says she'd like to do an episode all about being an effective teacher and an effective coach. And, you know, it was just a really great conversation that we had. She asked some amazing questions and I really believe a fantastic conversation unfolded. And it was really a topic that I didn't expect to ever put on my show. It's never been on the episode idea list. Let's just say it, leave it at that. But as I was listening to us have this fantastic conversation, I was like, man, I really want to get this episode to my listeners. And so with Anne's permission, we are reposting that entire interview here. And I'm really excited to present this to you. So if you have any type of digital products, if you do information marketing, if you're a coach, an author, a speaker, a course creator, even if you're not yet you run a team, even if you have a family and you just want to be a better teacher and role model to your children, there may be something even for you in this episode. However, if you are a course creator, a coach, an author, a speaker, there's going to be some really valuable things, some great takeaways that I think you are going to love. So without further ado, let's get into that episode with me and Anne Smoiloff. Welcome, James. I'm so excited because we've known each other, it feels like, for so many years now. Whether you know that or not, we really have. I feel like since the days of Laura Roeder. And I just want to say that, you know, since I've been in your world, you've been an amazing teacher and mentor to me, even when I wasn't actually even in a program of yours. So Mm. I just wanted to say that, like, now I feel like you're truly someone that I could come to if I had a question about something. I feel free to do that. So I want to just say I appreciate you for all those things. Thank you. And, and I, I appreciate you sharing that publicly. <laughs> <laughs> of course. You're like, I have friends. People care about me. <laughs> that means a lot. I really appreciate that. So, you know, today I and I speak very highly of you inside the Fearless Launching Group, as well as in my beta group, which I'll tell you about. But so... You know, today I thought it would be really fun in nerdy terms. I always say things are fun and I'm like, really? That's fun. But to talk about how really to be a great teacher and how it starts kind of before 
people even take out their credit card. You have to be willing mm-hmm. to be a teacher and a coach and give of yourself. And I've definitely watched your style of teaching, coaching, running your business change and evolve. And I feel like you really have gone more towards being a true like leader and teacher, not to say you're not a business owner, because obviously you are. But so that's that's what I want to dive into today, if you're cool with that. I am so cool with that and really excited because, you know, a big conversation that my wife and I have been having, she runs the business with me, is like really trying to get clear on our unique abilities or our superpowers or that area of, that we call our zone of genius. And she always keeps remarking that one of mine is in the teaching and coaching department, which I love, but I especially love it because she has a teaching background. Oh, yeah. Like she went to school to learn how to be a teacher and I didn't. There's no formal training on it. And I love her. She's always giving me compliments about, you know, she's like, man, you're such a good, you're such a good teacher and such a good coach. And I'm not trying to say that to toot my own horn or anything. You already did that. Anne, so I appreciate it. I'm just saying <laughs> I like, tooted that for but, you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. It just there. You know, this is someone with a teaching background saying that. And, you know, I think it does start with well, I had to kind of learn along the way. I yeah. had to be a good student to be a good teacher. But uh, yeah, I had no formal training. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's exactly what I was going to talk to you about is, you know, first of all, like, I think that some people who might be listening might not know who you are. And but I think that it might be interesting and it will be for me as well to talk about like what types of things that were you teaching as, you know, along the way, you know, I mean, I know you've had online programs, but were there different formats? Did you what, tell me a little bit about when you started to teach when you were aware? that that's what you were doing. Oh man. Well, <laughs> as soon as you ask that question, like my first thoughts go back to school, like high school and grade school, where as soon as I learned something, if I was passionate about it, the first thing I wanted to do was teach someone else it. Like it is my natural way of being. It's just, it's who I am was like, I want to share this with you. Like I got to, did you know, did you know, like that's how everything <laughs> would start and let me show you how to do it. So I do. I, and I remember like, the older kids in like a high school class and we're in like a, you know, they're a little bit slower. I was in the advanced math class and, <laughs> oh, and they hated it. They hated this freshman kid, like trying to explain, you know, the Pythagorean theorem to them. They didn't like that at all. But no, so that's like, I think that's where it started. But for business, <laughs> that's my awesome. first, my, yeah, my first online business was teaching how to bartend. And, you know, I created an online bartending school and, I was teaching people everything from how to make drinks to how to actually go out and build your own bartending business where you could actually get booked for weddings and private parties. And it was this thing of just like, I would learn something and it worked. And like the first thing I wanted to do was teach it to them. Like I learned how to build a website, you know, for my bartending business and I'd show them how to do that. And then I'd show them how to like price your services properly and then show them how to do that. And it just continued to evolve and evolve and evolve till what I've been most notably you know, uh, known for, I guess, is teaching YouTube and video marketing. That's what I've basically been doing for the past eight years or so. You know, video can be a, it's one, it's a double-edged sword where it's like so powerful, such a powerful tool. And it could be so complicated, confusing and intimidating for various reasons. So it was like such a, and I went to film school. So it's like, there's already four years of all these things I wanted to teach. And, but the fact that people are like, never held a camera, never been in front of the camera. I had to learn first patience. (laughs) Of course. How do you take something that's complicated with moving parts and make it simple and make it easy, but also make it so that people actually use it. People actually get results with it. 
And that's, you know, years and years of how do you refine and optimize and improve and Oh, I just love that. And so, you know, today that's evolved into people of obviously while I was building, I created over 15 products teaching everything you can imagine, like how to film a video, how to edit a video, how to make videos on your iPhone to how to, how to use YouTube in your business to how to sell with video, like anything yeah. you can think that had video in it. I had a course on it still too. And then one day people started saying, well, how are you building a business around that? How are you creating products and teaching people and getting paid to do that. So that's really what we've been spending the last two years or so on. And, and I could just hear my, you. I could just hear you right now going, well, here's how. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. And <laughs> that's what we teach over business by design. And it's funny because it, it just for me, like I'm clear on like my journey and like what I'm up to is, you know, this is what I feel really aligned with in my life is whatever it is I'm mastering in my own world is usually the next thing that I'm going to be teaching. And so while I was building that business, there were two sides to it. And, you know, this is a little off topic, but it's the most relevant thing in the world is there's the technical how to's of everything. And we really want to talk, you know, in today's episode about how we can go beyond that, because I was learning yeah. all these like, okay, how to create a program and how to launch it and sell it and all these things. And this is like, you know, it's like, and you can turn it into an instruction manual for someone and they still won't do it or they'll, <laughs> yes. it, they'll break it or they'll, you know, whatever. And so that was me. That was me. I was like, I'm the smartest guy I know. I was very cocky. I'm the smartest guy I know. I can figure this stuff out and I couldn't. And that's when I realized that there is a mental, emotional, spiritual side to us mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and what we're doing. And if that's not in alignment, things are off as well. And so I started going down that path of like things like limiting beliefs and that voice in your head and why we doubt ourselves and self-sabotage. Like we don't even realize we're sabotaging ourselves. Otherwise you wouldn't be doing it, but we are all the time. We, you know, I still am. It's not like I'm free of this or immune to it. And so that's why I created a podcast as well. Like talking about a lot of these blind spots that we have that keep us from stepping into our full potential. So for me, the journey has always been, I'm going to obsess over a topic break through to get the result. And then I'm going to shout it from the mountaintops. Here's what I've learned. Here's what I've discovered. <laughs> and I'm going to probably keep doing that until like the day I die. So that's amazing. I wanted to tell you that in high school, I was also doing things like that, but not in math class, not in any of the classes. Like I would go do some two week long arts camp in Vermont somewhere. And then I'd come back having to teach some, I had to teach something as part of finishing that I had a I don't know, a couple day long African dance workshop that I taught little old wow. Anne, <laughs> little girl. Anne. that's all I'm going to say, you know, teaching. I like hired drummers. I made it this whole production. Everybody in my little small town was just like, what is going on, girl? But I did the same thing, you know, with and getting I think it starts with that getting excited about something and just being willing to want to share that with other people. So Absolutely. I love that. And I love the Mind Your Business podcast, which definitely shows that side. It's starting to show more of that side. And I'm very curious, which I'll definitely ask you at the end more about this. But are you, I'm just dying to know, are you added? Are you planning to do anything more than just the podcast mm. in that realm? In that You'll have you know? to wait till the end. 
to find the answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Even I have to. Um, okay. So the reason anyways, today came up and I kind of told you before we started recording that, you know, one day I swear, I thought maybe you were talking directly to me, but I think that you, it was just on a Facebook live and I took it like he knows or something. And you said, are you, you just said, you know, are you coachable? Can you be coachable? And you said it a few times. And I thought, whoa, you know, I've always thought of myself as being coachable and I can follow directions. But honestly, the second you said that, I felt a sudden rush of stubbornness and thinking, yeah, I am. Like, I felt like kind of like I wanted to stand up and be like, yes, I am. But the truth is, every time that I started trying to follow certain things that people were suggesting to me to do, I noticed I was saying no to things and not willing to try every piece. Well, fine, I'll do that, but not that. Yep. Can so, I talk to this? Yes, please, to this? please. This is this is amazing. So we have this awareness, right? We have our conscious awareness, which is kind of like a flashlight, right? And so you can imagine like the way I look at consciousness and awareness is like you're in a dark room and you turn a flashlight on and you see a limited view of the room, right? You shine the flashlight in a corner, like all you can really see is that corner. And what happens is, is we go through life, we tend to stop moving the flashlight around and we just keep looking in that one corner because that's what we know. That's what we've been taught. That's what's been ingrained in us is that everything we know is that what the light can see and anything outside of it is either unknown or it's threatening because it's unknown. And so when outside information comes in, we have a filter and we're really like when it talks about being coachable, what you want to observe is when something comes in, are we looking for confirmation to what we already know that's in that small window of awareness or are we really willing to either broaden the light of the flashlight or move it to another area in order to receive new information that may threaten or contradict what we already know. That's what's happening with this whole coachability thing is that we walk around, especially the longer we've been, I don't want to say like the older we get, but like the more we've been doing something that like there is this shadow side to mastery, I guess, where the longer you're doing something, the more you think this is the only way, this is the right way. And we start to become less and less coachable and pinch ourselves off or cut ourselves off to new possibilities, new answers. Okay. So Tony Robbins (laughs) says the quality of our life is determined by the quality of questions we ask, but an answer can actually be very detrimental because as soon as you have an answer to a question, you cut off all other answers. And so being coachable is the inverse of walking around trying to just confirm what you already know and throw out anything that threatens what you know. And instead, the way I look at it is widening that light of the flashlight, expanding it to fill the whole room and actually receive or try on new information that's different, that's you've maybe never heard before. That's what coachability is for me. Well, I love that because, you know, so FYI, I did my own beta launch, which I went through 
your process, soup to almost nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I was really, but through the whole thing, I was definitely fighting some kind of demons like, okay, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to just, let's go. Let's do this. Let's try this. Let's just, what if this is easy? What? So it's totally different. Let's go. I had the, I felt like I had the whole flashlight. I was like looking out to the edges, seeing what was in the shadows on the very sides. I was trying to open that as much as I possibly could. And honestly, the process was amazing. And it's probably one of the best and most fun things I've done in years in my business. Now, when I say almost nuts, it's because I kind of got a little like, and I know you're going to know this reference because you told me this before. I feel like I started to kick at the edges of my sandcastle towards the end of it, where I was just like, hey, this is working really well. Like, am I sure this is working well? And so I feel like there was a piece of it, which I'll, you know, I don't know if I'll share here, but. There was a piece of it that I just didn't take it as far as I could have, but the beta itself is amazing. It's happening right now as of us doing this. And it was amazing, James. Well, I think think what I appreciate that, but I think what's most amazing is, and this is the answer to all of of everything to me is bringing in this level of self-awareness where you're just able to observe and be like, I think I'm you know, to use your terminology, I've never heard that before, like kicking my own sandcastle. Well, what's more important than anything is that awareness because that's what that's what being coachable does is it just it puts a little bit of that awareness on your awareness it's like you're observing the flashlight not just the corner of the room and you're noticing the beam of light and that to me is the whole point is like well wait a second I did this thing or I didn't do that thing. Why am I doing that? And just to be aware of it is really important. So when it comes to coachability, I think we can put this on a scale, <laughs> right? We can yeah. actually ask when it comes and it's to a specific thing. It's not in your life. Like we don't go to Ann and say, Hey, Ann, on a scale of one to 10, how coachable are you being? No, no. It's when it comes to this beta launch and following the process that James gave you, how coachable are you being? And you can really rate yourself on a scale of one to 10. And that's really important because What I never want to suggest here is that you walk around in your life being coachable. Like, hey, if a random stranger gives you advice on the street, you should definitely listen to it. (laughs) Be coachable. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, you know, he said you should dye your hair purple. So, you know, you got to do it. Right. So I think that's the first part is it's who or what are you being coachable with? Like being very intentional about like honoring that receptiveness and choosing who you're going to allow that relationship to be coachable with. And if you are investing in coaches and mentors, like you've already decided to pay the money. So you might as well. Otherwise, what's the point of spending the money? Are you going to spend the money just to continue doing what you've always done? So you can continue to get the results you've always gotten. Or are you going to say, you know what? I'm going to try something new on. I'm going to try it. That's the first piece. The second piece totally just escaped me right now, but it'll come back to me. And then you'll usually, and here it is. <laughs> oh, and that was it. Yeah, it'll come back to me. By the way, that is a great mental trick. Like, I usually have 10 thoughts in my head at once. And so when I forget that number 10, I just say, oh, it'll come back to me. And it will. But coachability is huge. And who you're being coachable with is huge. Ah, and it came back. Here it is. There you go. Here is, I knew it would if I just kept talking. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually. So here is the last little piece of this little asterisk I want to put in here. And this is where I get to go kind of woo-woo with people. And, you know, for people who aren't familiar with that woo-woo term, it just means like I'm bringing in a lot of like the weird 
you know, spiritual energy side of the conversation, which maybe your audience is ready for. Maybe they're not. But for me, and look, this has been proven. They've done studies on this. They've done surveys and tests and stuff all about intuition. And there's like some X percentage, like 80, 90 percent of high level executives and CEOs of Fortune 500 companies that talk about how much they use their gut or their intuition. You can use any word you want there. They're feeling to make decisions. And that's something I want to throw in here is that coachability is about trying something on. So you've heard of like Stitch Fix, right? You've heard of yes, Stitch Fix? I have. Okay. And, and I'm currently a member. <laughs> okay. So am I. My wife and I both are. And as introverts and as busy business owners, like it is a lifesaver because, and by the way, I speak in analogy. So here's, <laughs> here we come with a metaphor, but I don't have time to go shopping. Like that's not a thing we do is like, let's go shopping for new wardrobes. So clothes just come to your house with stitch fix and it's amazing. So coachability is about trying the new outfit on to see how it fits. Not being coachable means looking at that wardrobe and saying, Nope, not for me. Coachability is about, let me try it on. Let me see how it looks and then there's that decision of if you'll actually do it, if you'll mm. actually buy it. And that's where the intuition comes in. And that's where you have to be able to go with your gut and begin to develop that intuition. Does this feel right? Is this a hell yes for me? Does this feel light? Right. And I did that with a client, a coaching call today where I said, you know what? I've got an idea for you. And it was kind of an intuitive thought that popped into my brain. So whenever those ideas pop up, I just share them. I said, look, I've got an idea. You've got this great program. I think you should split it up into two tiers. I think you should have a standard tier and then you should have this like higher end VIP. And I said, no, I'm going to hand that to you to try on. But yeah, this has got to feel like a hell yes for you. Like this has got to feel like 10 times lighter than the, what you were going to do, which was just one tier. And if it doesn't, I wouldn't recommend doing it. And that is also a huge piece about teaching is it's, you know, and that's where a lot of ego can come in for the teacher is, and I've recognized this too, is a lot of people are teachers because they want to be heard. They want people to listen to them. So there's a lot of attachment to like, they better take my advice. And I never <laughs> want to do that. I don't want anyone to take my advice. I want you to try on my advice and then see if it works for you. Find a way, create your own litmus test or system for determining if you're going to take it or not. You have to be the final test. I could tell Anne a hundred things to do and they might've worked for me, but that doesn't mean they're going to work for her. Yeah. And we have to be able to have that level of intuition or gut check or just feeling it. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm so, so excited right now. I can barely contain myself. I'm like, yeah, let him speak. Let him speak. But I let him speak. But I've <laughs> literally have been doing, I think in the last couple of months, I've been just kind of doing some of this more woo woo work, whatever you want to call it with myself. It's not even work. And just when I'm on with people, coaching clients, I will tell them when I get a sense of something, I will use my intuition for them. And yep. I could say this might be, I might be totally off base here. Please tell me if I am, but here's what I'm kind of feeling right now. And so I feel like just intuition in general is always a good thing to, I don't know, to, I think it's an important skill and muscle to start working right away right away yeah. for everything, just because there are going to be times when you have no context. The beam is only in one area of the room. You have no, I, there's no data that tells you if something's the right or the wrong choice or decision or path you might take or program you might, you know, products you might create, or even an audience you may not even realize is there. You don't have any data. So you have to go on something. 
And so I truly do think that that the intuition is important for that. Absolutely. And this is something I shout from the rooftops and some people think I'm crazy. And that's fine because where I came from, like the old, what I call James version (laughs) 1.0, like just to be really like real with people back in like high school, college, I was a cynical atheist. Like I was black. It is black or white and I don't believe it. And give me a break. And when I first started reading some of these books that open you up to different things, like I would throw them away or burn them because I was just like, this is a joke. Give me a break. And I don't know how or why, but I, they just kept presenting themselves back into my life. And that's a whole nother. Yeah. And then you opened up that you let the, you let the flashlight open up and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, let's try this on. (laughs) I did. And it was the scientist, the experimenter in me that's like, okay, fine. I'm going to prove you wrong. (laughs) I'm going to try it (laughs) on. And I'm going to prove it wrong. And that became my mission. And, you know, like everything has been uh, miracle after miracle. And today, like as I reflect just even on the topic of intuition, my biggest wins, my biggest successes, everything has come from those like hits, as they call them, of inspiration where you just have this idea that just kind of whispers in your ear and you like breathe life into it. Like that's where this intuition piece is hard because it's so quiet and it's so subtle, especially if you're not really practicing it and you have to grab onto it and then with as much faith as you can possibly muster, like leap off a cliff with this and have so much faith in it that, you know, it'll carry you to safety Mm. and you do that enough and enough and enough and you don't even need the faith anymore. It's just a knowing. It's just like, look, I had this idea. I know it's going to work. And I always might where my mind goes. I know we're going so off topic. I know. I'm like, I'm like thinking too. I'm like, I'm thinking too. Yeah. But it's okay. But I like it. But the last thing I'll say on intuition is like where my mind always goes is was the idea success because it was this intuitive part of you that knew it would be a success or is it the part of you that came after that made the decision and had the faith that I'm going to make this work. And I don't know the answer to that. And maybe that's Mm. too deep of a question to even speculate. But at the end of the day, my formula is always find a way to get, you know, in a receptive place, recognize that intuition, and then act on it with full faith. Yes. And whether it's one of those or both, you know, it always works out for me. You know, it's worth trying. But then again, you, someone hearing this can shake their head and say, this guy's ridiculous. And then I can say, well, then you're not being very coachable, are you? (laughs) (laughs) And that's how we bring it full circle. And you know what? Okay. So here's the, here's the question that I was thinking about, which is kind of the, before someone's actually, let's say you're not actually in that official role as a coach, something that's actually happened to me. And I wanted to bring this up. Maybe this, I don't know if this has ever happened to you or if you've seen this, but sometimes challenging someone like you did us to really be coachable, be open, try things on before they, let's say, enroll or sign up is actually a really great motivator to action because I find that it's almost like saying, hey, if you're right for this, because maybe you're not, it kind of makes people stand up and say, yes, I am. 
wait, you can't tell me who I am. It, right. and it had, there's this human response and it happened a few times totally by mistake when I, I was literally saying, Hey, I think you're good. You, you've launched already several times or whatever. Like somebody, I didn't feel like they were, they even were necessarily the right fit for fearless launching. And they're like, yes, I am. Here's my mm -hmm. credit card. And I'm like, yeah. okay. So I don't know what you, what do you think about that? Like that kind of reaction? Well, I think the first thing that I'd like to do is create a distinction between a coach and a teacher. Yes. Because I think we're using them interchangeably here. And there is a difference. You're right. You're uh, right. There is. I think a teacher is just a teacher and a coach is both. Right. You know, there are times where I'm teaching and there's times that I'm coaching, whereas a teacher could just teach. And the way I would look at a teacher is, is it's just a transference of knowledge from my brain to your brain. And the reason I wouldn't want to limit what anybody is doing, whether it's because you're creating information programs or you run an organization and you want to be a teacher, a leader and a coach to them. I just don't want to limit ourselves to just being a teacher is because anybody can acquire knowledge. And with the technology that we have today on the internet, knowledge is very accessible. But the things that we can't Google, like, why am I stuck? Right. Or what am I missing? Or why do I feel this way? Or why do I keep putting this off? Are the things that we have as an opportunity or the problems that coaches can solve, that becomes the opportunity for the coach. Because the fact of the matter is that every student has, and that includes us, <laughs> blind spots. The things that we don't know that we don't know. So you can only Google the things that you know you don't know, right? You can only Google the things that you don't know that you don't know. Like, you know, how many presidents are there? Well, I can Google that. Right. I can't Google, you know, something that I didn't even know existed because how would I know how to Google it? You know, this is what we call a blind spot. And so what a coach does. And if you realize like, it's not, we're not just talking a business coach, but a like, look at sports, you know, top athletes don't have teachers telling them how to play the game. They have coaches there that are there for those minor adjustments and those minor tweaks. They're not necessarily giving them information on like, here's how to play the game. Like they should know how to play at that level. It's here's what you're not seeing. I can see this about you that you can't. Yeah. And I think that's the massive, massive difference where I do a lot of teaching, but I'm also doing a lot of coaching and you know, those, yeah, there's just a, there's a big difference there. So there is definitely to answer your original question uh, a bit more, like there's definitely that coaching and teaching that's going on before the sale as well. And one of the things I like to say is that the transformation is in the transaction. And I can't stress this enough. And I say this all the time and I know how it lands for most people where they don't get what I'm saying until they experience themselves. It's probably like someone reading a love poem from like, I don't know, like Emily Dickinson. Did she write love poems? I wasn't really I, big in poetry. I think is that so. right? Okay. So, <laughs> For me, like, in, I don't know. <laughs> for me in high school, not being in love to read an Emily Dickinson poem or like, you know, Romeo and Juliet was like, what? I don't get this. So when I tell people the transformation is in the transaction, 
In other words, when I say if you're committed to coaching and teaching and helping someone, the biggest way that you help them first, the first step and the most impactful step is making them pay for the work you're going to do together. They go, yeah, no, no, I don't think so. No, I don't feel like that. I feel actually guilty asking for money. If I really want to help people, I should be doing it for free. And so they don't really get that until they actually do it. And then they do it. And then they see that the people who paid, the people who put skin in the game, the people that sat there and really took this decision seriously and hemmed and hawed over it and considered all their options and consider what they're going to have to sacrifice in order to do this work. That's going to be the student that shows up unlike anyone else. And your job just became about a hundred times easier. Yep. So (laughs) I'm doing as much as I can to create a space for people to not only see that, but to realize, you know, that our work begins when you throw down, (laughs) when you put skin in the game, you put your money where your mouth is. Because it is a simple fact. People do not value what they don't pay for. Or they don't put something, there can be a different type of investment, I think, in in terms of like a beta or something like that. But, but yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, you just think of kids, like we all went to school, most of us, right? And we didn't Mm -hmm. have to pay for that education ourselves, at least. So like, I didn't value, I mean, I know there are like, you know, very studious children and stuff, but most kids like they're sitting there snoozing in class and (laughs) you want that as an, as an adult, someone like, you know, going through something that you've created and them having that same way. Cause that's for a lot of people, that's the only way they know is the only other experience they have with education is the one they were given through, you know, like public education, standardized education. So you got to be able to create a different environment. So, you know, something you just said actually makes me kind of think about, you know, from the transaction isn't just for their transformation. It's for the student's transformation. It's there for you, too, because if you have a lot of people who just kind of come into your classroom, whatever, wherever it is that you're teaching or coaching, then you want people to be showing up. You want people to be excited. You want to know that they're there, you know, to do something, to solve something. And I feel like it fills you up as well as that. Well, you know what I've seen? You know what I've seen a ton is people who undercharge for whatever they're offering or teaching. And then they end up resenting their students Mm -hmm. because they're overworking and getting underpaid. And that is extremely dangerous. Like, yes, you should when someone like, and I love when this happens, when someone has a successful launch or promotion, they've made all this money. And the first thing they do is like, Holy crap. I hope it's good enough. Like, I hope I, I, hope I bring it. And it's like, good. Like that's how you should feel. Exactly. Like, feel on the line for these people's lives, not in a negative disempowering way, but you shouldn't take it lightly in the slightest. Oh my goodness. So, you know, but yeah, it's like, Hey, it's 10 bucks. And then it's like, Oh, whatever. Like I just kind of threw something together. It's like, what's the point then you're just wasting everyone's time, yours and theirs. So you don't um, think it's actually bad then to feel, cause I feel like, you know, as really it's, I feel like what the beta program is really feels more like a coaching 
program, even though I am definitely transferring knowledge, I'm always like, am I giving enough? I want to give more. I want to make sure that like, I'm like so amped up to make sure that they are able to walk away, really remembering, feeling the experience and the stuff they learned as well. How is that a bad thing? I don't think it is a bad thing, but like, you know, fantastic thing. Like, yes, you don't want any like to live your life from this context of like, am I doing enough long term? That, and that's and that's not what I'm talking about. Like that's yeah. we got to shift that. And this is what I'm talking <laughs> about. If we have that playing in the background, we're going to be in trouble long term. But what I'm talking about is what you're saying is like there should be just like if you were to go speak at an event in front of 5000 people, you feel butterflies in your stomach. You feel a little nervous like those nerves are a good thing, right? You know, that whole mm-hmm. phrase like that's your body telling you you're about to perform at optimal capacity or whatever. Right. It's this, it's the same thing It's like, you should feel that pressure. You should feel that like, okay, it's game time. I'm going to give them everything I got. And, and it's going to be amazing. I'm not going to take this lightly. Whereas the, to contrast that with like, ugh, I didn't charge enough and I didn't really make a lot. Like I just want this to be over with. Yeah. Like, if that's the opposite, we want to be away from that as much as possible, which is why I'm such a fan on so many levels on charging premium prices for everything you do. And the easiest way to start doing that is when you realize that you can be more than a teacher, that you can step into a teacher slash coach role or, you know, coach slash teacher, because that's where you become invaluable. Anybody can show you how to press record on your iPhone. Anyone can show you how to make a video with your iPhone or your mobile device. Yep. But if I can show you unique strategies for making more creative videos, if I can show you ways for getting comfortable on camera and looking better and motivate you and encourage you and inspire you to do that work and to think differently about that work and to be more effective and get more done with it, then I've elevated what I'm doing. I've elevated the value that I provide to beyond just a transference of knowledge. And that's where you become indispensable. That's where you become a premium priced authority, not just a commodity. Yeah, I love that. You know what? I I was thinking of the BBD Live back in May. And... I was watching you do something that I thought was so, I mean, first of all, I want, I just love the structure of the event, everything, but I also just liked how there was a sense of calling people, calling people out to <laughs> demonstrate, to be there, to be willing to show, <laughs> to show what they had to share. And I will fully, I think I've even said this on the podcast before that I said no to you when you said that. You said, hey, do you want to get up there and talk about launching or whatever or something? And I said, uh, uh, I was in the moment. I just was caught very off guard. And but I love that you push people to do that. And I'm wondering, like, is that what you do when you feel like do you generally just push people who you think are potentially willing or do you try to do you see students ever or clients or customers of any kind like they could be doing more? I'm going to tell him that. Or do you just kind of hang back? Or does it just depend? I don't know. Yeah, I think it depends. It totally depends. And I think it's intuitive at times. You know, oh, man, that's that's a really challenge for me to answer. But what did come up is a great analogy that we actually did share at the live event, which is, you know, really this difference of 
if I were to write a book on how to swim, right? If you remember that, mm-hmm. if I give, if I write the best book in the world on how to swim and you read it and you're the smartest student, you're the you know, top of the class teacher's pet and you've read that book cover to cover, you can memorize it. Does that make you a swimmer? Right? Mm-hmm. You've never swam before. <laughs> it doesn't. And that's what I'm talking about. This difference between teaching. That's just a transference of knowledge. Like, okay, you have all the mechanics down, you understand buoyancy and you know, the different types of ways that you could swim, but you still don't know how to swim. And that's what I feel like is happening a lot within our industry at large, where like I could show you how to run a podcast. I could show you what equipment to get. I could show you how to record and edit, but will you know how to, or will you actually be podcasting? Will you know how to captivate your audience? Will you know how to communicate effectively and get attention and inspire others, right? That takes something else. And the only way that I know how to teach someone else is through the only way that I know how to learn. And that's through experience, through action. And I think every one of those things that we truly need, it's those ways of being, whether it's something like leadership or confidence or authority, those are things you don't learn in a book. Those are things you learn by doing. And so the entire intention of that event was to give people an opportunity to experience leadership, to experience communication or influence by actually doing those things. In other words, if Anne comes to me and says, James, I'd like to learn how to swim. Here's what I'm going to, I'm going to take the book. I'm going to throw it away and I'm going to push her in the deep end of the pool. (laughs) There you go. And you know, so I did, I went to Anne and I, I had her at the edge of the pool. I was like, would you like me to push you in? And she said, no. And I kind of just said to myself, like, she's going to be fine. There's you, can other totally, like, you can totally out me here. It's okay. I want you to call me on it because I know like in that moment, I was like, my daughter's here. This is happening. And all of like, all like the reasons why I couldn't. But here's the difference. <laughs> this event was like three or four months ago now, right? I know. And I'm still thinking about it. I didn't have to push you in the pool for you to get some sort of impact from that experience. It was even just the invitation to do so that got you thinking. Yes. And that in and of itself is, is enough. There are a lot of times we'll do a big launch or a big promotion. I've seen people that don't buy, but they're still transformed in some way because for even just a moment, they thought about a new possibility. They daydreamed about a new direction and somewhere within them, something clicked, something changed and that can happen. So you don't need to throw everyone in the pool, (laughs) even just sometimes. I should be though. It's okay. You can kick me in the pool if you see one. If I'm standing next to a pool, push me in. It's serious. (laughs) But even just the threat of it had an impact. It did. Yeah. So I think I, I think that's really that's important. So just, you know, for the sake of just finishing that story, I just want to let you know that, you know, I used in my head, I used the fact that my daughter was there. I would lose sight of her. I wouldn't be paying attention to her, whatever. And later she's like, why didn't you? Because she heard you. ask me, <laughs> And she asked me why I didn't go up. But see, that's just one <sighs> way when 
perspective, right? Well, let's yeah. go back to the flash analogy. Another <laughs> one was it's like, I really want to show my daughter's in the room. I really want to show her what's possible. Yeah. And I want to lead as a great example. I'm going to show her what fearless launching and fearless living really looks like. It's just, it's, it's just the narratives that we choose, the perspective that we get to choose. And now look, I'm not, there's no right or wrong decision. Yeah. I know that. Is, I know that. It doesn't matter. The point is, is that we had an exchange and you're left impacted either way. Yes. That's the most important part. So, yeah. Oh my goodness. So I wanted to bring this kind of back around to being a coach and like we're talking about other, we're kind of talking about how our students were thinking, how do we know when someone's coachable and what does that look like? And what does it mean if you're coachable? But I think it's important to also look at yourself as you're delivering all of that and say, you know, am I willing to just let, to let go and be a coach? And am I willing to share things with people to try on, even if it might not work? And so this is something that comes up for me all the time is just like, sure, they're willing to be they're willing to be open and listen to what I have to say and listen to any guidance that I can give them. But what am I willing to do? I yeah. don't know. It's just something that I ask myself. I'm like, what is a coach? What does that mean to you? Like, do you ever was there a time when you maybe had to change how you thought about the relationship between like, I don't know, coach, coachy, student, teacher, of course. I, I mean, you know, again, let's go back to what I said, which is so true, is that, you know, the ultimate lessons and discoveries and breakthroughs come from action and experience. So, yeah, yeah I got to make I had to make a lot of mistakes and stuff. And there's still, you know, mistakes, I guess. But uh, there's just another way of calling them a lesson. But here are some things that come up for me in terms of like, what does that role look like? And how do you step into that role? And you tell me if they resonate with you. Okay. Uh, the, the first thing is there's absolutely has to be a commitment there. And you're clear on that commitment. So the way I kind of visualize that is there's like this line in the sand, or just like a line on the ground, uh, it'll just use drawing a line. And you walk right up to that line. And then the client walks right up to that line. And that's where you are both stepping into your commitment that each of you have a commitment. Now, when it comes to something like, let's just use my inner circle mastermind, because these are my high end clients. They pay a ton of money to coach with me and coach as a group for 12 months. So my commitment to them is much different than someone who bought like a $7 report from me last week. Obvious. So, you know, my commitment is supporting them in doing what, it, you know, I don't say whatever it takes, but supporting them in creating a breakthrough year in life and in business for them. And I'm really clear and they're really clear on like what that really means, like what I'm willing to do and not do. And like one example is I'm not going to build your business for you. Like I'm not going to get right. in there and be an employee for you. Like I'm not going to write your copy. If that's the case, you're going to give me a percentage or something and we're going to change our commitment and our roles. But they have questions. They need coaching. They, you know, need support in some way. Like I'm going to be there for them and they're going to have their commitment, right? Like if I say, Hey, we're going to get on a call every week and they don't show up, they're not in their commitment. So that's the first piece. And, and that's huge. We can do an entire episode just on mm -hmm. cutting the power commitment. But I think another thing is that I see each client as the word I use just comes to mind as perfect. 
So what we don't want to do is look at any client that we're working with as if something is wrong or broken with them because chances are that's how they see themselves. And that's really to me what's going on is that they are speaking to the shortcomings that they believe they have to the insecurities that they have to the self doubt, to the fear and all the things that they're really trying to avoid is really what they're speaking to. And as a coach, you get a choice. You either join in on that conversation or you speak to the other part of them that knows that, that none of that is true. And I really make a concerted effort to do that, to speak to the part of them that is flawless, that has everything within them to do what it is that they are out there to do, Hmm. that they don't need anything else. Like if you told me one of your goals and it was a goal that you truly genuinely created yourself that you want to do, you're like, I really want this thing or I really want to accomplish that. We would first come to a place that you have everything within you to accomplish that that you don't need to go like fix yourself before you do that. Sure. You're going to have to learn some lessons, but the point is, is you have everything it takes. It's it's all there waiting Mm. for you. And that's where I like to come from. The third thing is you have to, and I think you started to really touch on this is I got to detach completely from all the ego stuff because we are, we're all human and I see myself doing it at times, but detach from myself and my role that I got to not say things to sound smart. I got to not say things because they sound right. And I got to just give up that role of looking good and being the person with all the answers. Like, hello, you're allowed to say, I don't know Mm -hmm. if you know, but don't BS the client because you think you got to look good and look smart in front of them. And almost, I almost act as just like, the, you know, we get woo woo again, but just like just the vessel, like I'm just the messenger and that's it. It's not James, the almighty guru that has answers that no one else does. You do that. That's a dangerous route. Yeah. And then the last thing I don't just throw in a bunch of stuff. I love this. No, I'm, I'm loving it. The last thing. And I love, 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 love. I think this is when you become a really powerful coach is, and I don't know where I heard this a long time ago, but I just picked it up and fell in love with it is you net. And this is really what separates teacher from coach as a coach. You never, ever, ever want to rob your students of a lesson. And that is so powerful because yes, you can be coachable. And that's why we talk. Are you coachable? Are you being coachable? How coachable are you being? But how many times have we had experiences where let's use like a loved one, right? We're like, you're giving them advice left and right and they don't receive it. And then all of a sudden someone else gives them that same advice and they're like, I think I'm going to do this thing. And it's like, seriously, I've been telling you to do that for six months, right? (laughs) Yeah. Because when it's your advice and you've got the answers, it has one one hundredth of the impact and effect on the client or the student than when they come up with it themselves. I never rob someone of, of a lesson Instead, I really just start to ask better questions so they can arrive at the destination 
or the lesson themselves. Just when they're, you know, like in a conversation, a great example of this is like, well, what was your thought process behind this? You know, you're just getting curious. Like, why did you decide to do that? And then how's that been working out for you? Yeah. Right. Has that been serving you? Is that, mm. is that something you want to continue doing? And you're just, instead of just saying, don't do that, do this. Cause that's what we want to do. We're like, I have the answer. I just want to tell them what to do. Instead it's like, well, like, let me ask that. Like, where did that come from? And like, why did you decide to do that? And how's that been working for you? Well, actually it isn't working at all. Have you thought about anything else? What would, what else would you consider? Oh, I guess I could do this. <laughs> it's just asking a bunch of questions and they'll figure it out themselves. And that goes back to number two of the four I've shared, which is really getting that they have all the answers. They're not really coming to you for answers. They're coming to you so that you can help them discover their own answers that they already had. Or perhaps validate answers that they already have, but they're not confident enough to, or they don't have the confidence to say, yeah, I I know this is crazy, but I just want James to say it's great. Don't even get me started on how much permission is important to people. Why do you think that's the case? Our entire lives, we've been asking for permission. Yeah. We were raised to ask permission to use the bathroom. Yeah. Your body is telling you it has to go to the bathroom, (laughs) but you're not allowed to until an authority figure tells you yes. So we don't realize that, but we, when you learn that, you take that with you your whole life. And that's fine. Like, you know, you probably have to ask permission for things <laughs> when you're an employee for someone. But as an entrepreneur, we are still sitting there waiting for someone to give us permission. And the whole point of entrepreneurship is doing something that no one else has ever done before. So how could you possibly get permission? The, the only there, no one will give you permission. Yeah. The only person that you should be getting permission from is yourself. But yes, you're so right. So if anyone comes to me, there's a lot of times they just looking for validation and I give them, I say, you don't need it, but it's a great idea. You should do it. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm noticing with all these things that you're saying is that, you know, cause one of my thoughts was, well, then how do you, as the coach, let's just say, how do you measure your own satisfaction? Let's say with your own performance, it's not on their like outward success, necessarily your client's outward success. It's were you both at the line committed or were you there committed, regardless of what that client student does? Were you able to kind of ask the questions, see them as perfect and not flawed? Like you kind of have to come to that line and hold yourself up to those I think that's where our satisfaction comes. It can't come from, oh, well, someone didn't do the webinar I told them to do and right. they did and only one person showed up. That's not where your success is as the coach, I think. So Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because I've, I'm going to be honest, I've never really sat there and said, what is the metric for measuring my success as a coach? And I'm not, I don't want to say I'm right here or anything, but it's almost like, how do you, and I'm asking a serious question, not rhetorical. How do you, or do you measure your success in your ability to love? Mm. Like when you're in a committed relationship with a marriage now, and, and I'm, I'm not saying you don't like, I just, how do you measure your success in that? I think there are ways that you could measure that. Yeah. I think but you so. also you also don't have to. I think you could just like every day it's about coming from a place of love 
And, you know, some days maybe your partner isn't going to love you back. <laughs> maybe they're not going to receive that love. And you go, that's okay. I'm going to do it anyways. I think that's as far as I've gotten with my relationship as a coach with a client is like, they're not always going to step up to the line. They're not always going to be coachable. I'm just going to do my best every day to be that coach to them and be detached. Like they may never listen to anything I do say to them. They might not do anything. And I have to be okay with that. Cause here's, here's where it comes down to as I'm talking this out. I don't want my value as a human or my success. I don't want to become identified as I am a successful teacher or coach based on external variables that let's be honest, you do not have control over. Absolutely. You know, if you, let's say you say, I'm going to coach 10 people on having six figure launches and you're going to now determine your validation, your value, your self-worth as a human being based on, not that you would, but someone could based on, did these 10 people have six figure launches? Well, let's say someone goes through a tragic experience in their life while they're coaching with you. The business gets put on the back burner. What then are you going to judge yourself? Well, I only got nine out of 10. No, of course not. Yeah. Cause life happens and people have all kinds of other stuff and you're not, you know, <laughs> you're not yeah. prepared to like. I think honestly, James, that's the way that I approach it is just that. And also I think that it's important to share that kind of perspective too with the students, with the clients, with whoever's, whoever you're helping and coaching. I'm very hesitant to use like the teacher coach word. I'm all of a sudden I got really self-conscious of the, conscious of <laughs> that. But what I'm, what I mean is every time I go through fearless launching, and I'm sure this is the same with everybody with every single course out there online, there are people who go through so many different things get swept away into other things, make a decision. You know what? I was never actually really ready to launch. I don't even want to do this business anymore. There are so many variables that even like I try to let in a way I try to let them off the hook. Like, you know, that there are going to be things like if they come back to me and say, Hey, I failed. I didn't show up to any of the calls. I, okay. So we start today then, right? You know, I try to let them a little bit off that hook and maybe that isn't right, but I really think that it's like, why continue feeling bad and regretting and all of that? And, you know, that's where, that's how I measure my success as a teacher. If I, and a lot of what you said is exactly how I measure my satisfaction. I don't look at my success. I look at my satisfaction with, I'm my worst kind of judge. I'm the person who's like, you didn't say enough. You didn't get, you know, I'm the one who's like badgering myself. Did I give enough? I'm that person. And so for me, it is, it has to be about satisfaction. So I think about what's my, how did I feel after that? Was my energy up? Do I feel like I kind of came at the same place that they needed me in that moment? Or was I able to give them some little nugget of something that you know, help them turn some corner on their own. So it's kind of an, un, like an indescribable thing. I think as a, you know, to use our teacher coach distinction, the, the teacher is, is just trying to give more and more stuff away, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of what you almost spoke to. Am I giving enough? That is a slippery slope. Absolutely. Whereas the coach, it's nothing about getting them 1% more clear than they were when they started with you. They, yep. If you get on a call, it's what if we can just get a little bit more clear or get clear on that next thing that you need to do. And I think 
I think that's what people need more than ever right now. We do not need more information, folks. I know we need more corners turned. <laughs> yes, we, we need more clarity, focus, action to results. And when you provide that, that's just going to be awesome. It's going to be powerful. Awesome. I mean, honestly, James, we could probably keep going, go off on multiple <laughs> tangents, but yeah. I'm still thinking about that question I asked you at the beginning. What are you, what's going on in the future? Or what are you like, is there anything bubbling in the future in this realm of the mindset work? There's not. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You You're uh, like more episodes. <laughs> yeah, more episodes. And we have a lot of guests that I'm going to be really cool guests that I'm going to be interviewing. So that is definitely one thing is that I've made this huge wish list for the last year of all these people I want to interview and bring on. And I'm going to be starting to do that. But there is a what I am finishing up actually as we speak, but it won't be available for a couple of weeks is a I wanted to create an online course, but I didn't want to charge for it. So I made it free and it's but it's like an actual course, you know, not like some like quick download, which is really just trying to sell you into something paid that you don't value. And it's called Activate. And basically, I wanted to give people a foundational or let me just say a foundation for the mindset, for the way of being and the way of thinking as an entrepreneur, because I think it's been trained out of us our entire lives. And then, you know, we have just so many people that are going into business for themselves. And I think, frankly, at the end of the day, 99% of business owners and entrepreneurs don't know how to be an entrepreneur. And here's how I know that first and foremost, besides just from like seeing how students and subscribers, the questions they ask and the, you know, the actions they take and the results they get. But even myself, I was a serial entrepreneur my entire life. Like I was doing lemonade stands and eBay and like anything you can imagine since I was a little kid and I still struggled. So I can imagine someone who doesn't have years and years and years of experience of running, starting, failing their own business, getting into the first time. They don't have the, the education. It wasn't really taught in school, you know, especially like primary and secondary mm -hmm. school. So that's what we've kind of created It's like show people how to think like the entrepreneur. Like once you have an idea how do you test that idea? How do you know where to spend your time? How do you actually create a plan and a vision from that idea? And then, of course, I bring in all this, you know, my woo woo side because that just played a it. huge role in me. You know, that was just such an impact in my life of how to create a vision, step into that vision, how to, you know, see miracles in your life every day, how to have more patience and trust and knowing all of that. So I there is there stuff, but you know. Well, I can't wait. I mean, can you share that link with me later so that I can pop it in the show notes for everybody to go check out? Definitely. Okay. Cause I want to check it out. I did see some picture, some image of that. I was like, what are you doing? Leaking that? What, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. We're excited about that. That's so. exciting. Well, James, it's always a pleasure. I am going to, I'm committing right now cause I'm going to see you in, what is it? November is but, the next live November. event. So yes. we'll be there for that with bells on and well, not really, but I'll be there. And <laughs> though that would be funny. And yeah, just I want to thank you so much. I can't wait to share a little bit more about the beta once we, you know, we're still in it. So what once we're through it, but it's been amazing. And I've just, I just loved going through the process and just kind of letting go and taking your advice and being cool. coachable. <laughs> yes. And now your students are even more coachable because you become 
you know, the leader for how to be. They are so excited. James, I mean, I they're can't, I can't freaking tell you. so excited. I'm sorry. They're so excited There's, and I love it. Yeah. And that has so much to do with who you are and what you stand for, because uh, they're looking to you for guidance and leadership. And I just can't even tell you, like when I look at my inner circle, they don't listen to one tenth of what I say or what comes out of my mouth. But they do follow, emulate, and pay attention to my actions hmm. and how I show up. And I got clear a long time ago, I'm going to be way more impactful through my actions and how I show up than anything that comes out of my mouth. Because they're just words, blah, blah, uh, blah, blah, blah. So it, true. So true. I well, love it. That's the best part about what you're doing. And so that's amazing. Can't wait. I, I mean, I will definitely share more, but I want to thank you. Thanks for hanging out with me for the last hour. That was great. Thank you. Thanks for and having me. We'll talk soon. Awesome. For 10 years now, I've made my living selling digital courses, membership subscriptions, and group coaching. I've been able to make millions of dollars. Yet even better, I've been able to help thousands upon thousands of students with my training. Yet I've never taught my system on how to actually get started. How to choose the right niche, the right product, the right tools, and the right plan. Until now. The information marketing industry is booming now more than ever. And if you've been sitting on the sidelines waiting to get in, well, now is your time. For the next eight weeks, I'm going to be delivering a brand new training course live showing exactly how to get started and get profitable, even if you have no list, no product, or no idea. And the best part is, it's 100% free. All you have to do is request an invite to my private Facebook group. Every week, I'll broadcast a live, in-depth training with homework, action items, and of course, Q&A. So to request access to my private group now and join the training absolutely free, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash free. That's www.jameswedmore.com forward slash free. And I'll see you there.